0: It's like we're the Brady Bunch and back together, guys. I know. So it's so excited! Like a reunion. <laughs> it is. Three's Company. Audity <laughs> <new> Files. The podcast.
1: All things <laughs> creepy, crypto, otherworldly.
0: So we're in the podcast dungeon.
2: We are. And I feel like rusty, like I'm not really sure what to do.
0: Same. <laughs> A million times same. Um
2: you got your big feet up.
0: I did. So Clayton and I were at Lexington Scarefest this past weekend. Yes. With all the paranormal people, including us, apparently. Yes. Um, and our good friend Trevor, who we talk about on the show all the time. We need to have him on the show we at really some should. point. Um, found the coolest thing ever in this little vintage toy area that was actually put on by Lexington Toy and Comic Show. Anyway, Jared hooked me up, gave me a deal. Thank God. It is, did you guys know, you guys didn't because you're babies, but in the 70s, they made Bigfoot snowshoes. Snowshoes that look like Big Feet's feet. They were made by KTEL and they were fucking awesome. And when I bought them, I'm looking at them and everybody else going, oh, my God, I think I had these as a child. Where (laughs) is my mute button? There it is. Um, So I text my mother immediately. I'm like, oh, my God, Mom, did I have these? She's like, I don't think so. But they look so familiar to me. And as I told you in the past, my grandparents were in Wisconsin. Right. And they had all the sleds and all the stuff and all the things. She goes, but I wouldn't put it past your grandfather to have had those because he was into everything weird. And I'm like, oh, my God, (laughs) this explains everything about me. She (laughs) said, I know I was just thinking the same thing. And then I said, you know, I'm really happy to be the one to carry on the weird gene. Someone had to. You know, I I couldn't be more (laughs) thrilled. So thanks, Grandpa Stobbs, for making me weird, and I'm still not 100% sure. She said, though, if I were to go into Grandma and Grandpa's attic, because my uncle and aunt still live there, that they're probably still in the attic, because my grandfather was a hoarder, as are my aunt and uncle, (laughs) just like myself. You've been in my attic.
2: (laughs) If you're curious, you're listening to Oddity Files, the the podcast. podcast, and I'm Clayton Abbott,
0: And I'm Kitsy Duncan. Tell them what Oddity Files the podcast is, Clayton.
2: We're a spooky, creepy, paranormal type podcast, but not that creepy. We tell stories about hauntings and possessions and UFOs and cryptids and all that good stuff. All
0: the stuff and all the things. (laughs) So, yeah, I also at Lexington, no, yeah, Lexington Scarefest, I got a new crystal. You did. Clayton was with me when I bought it. Oh shit! What's it called? Opalite. So, opalite. It's a common. It's a man-made yes. crystal from opal and something quartz.
2: else, quartz.
0: And the weird thing is, when I put it on, I feel like I'm just on the verge of tears all the time. Huh? Which is so weird.
2: So the. Do you remember what her booth was called?
0: Continue speaking. I shall find out.
2: So the. The individual working the booth, she was actually really cool, and we were asking a lot of questions just about all the stones and and stuff that she has. But she said that opalite is said to be able to increase communication between basically everything,
0: including the dead. Yeah, especially in relationships. Yes, um, I did do a little bit of research. It's supposed to clear your chakras. It's supposed to do all these really good things. Be good for business. All this stuff, which is weird because it's a man made crystal. It is. And you think of the crystals that people dig up, they're in the earth, they pull in all this energy, this, that, and the other.
2: Unless it's bringing, pulling some traits from opal, some traits from quartz.
0: But are the, I'm not sure if the opal and the quartz themselves are man made or not. No, they're not. Okay. So there you go. Interesting. But the name of the Company is H A N C I A underscore underscore Co on Instagram, Hansia, Hansia, H A N C I A Co. There you go. She was super sweet, and she made she turns all these crystals and stuff into jewelry. And I was very excited about that purchase.
2: So opal,
0: oh,
2: has chakra healing abilities and is good at balancing energy.
0: Okay, which I so, probably needed balance the shit out of.
2: And then quartz, please hold. Um, is it to enhance spiritual receptiveness? Oh. So that's kind of right. Yeah, it's like a medley of the two.
0: It totally is. And when I was talking to her, I'm like, you know, my mom's birthstone was opal, so I was always like, I was always told as a child, if opal is not your birthstone, you shouldn't wear it. Oh. And I looked at the lady, and I'm like, do you think she was just telling me that so I wouldn't take her jewelry? She goes, I think so.
2: What um, <laughs> what month is that? October. Oh, because my little sister, she loves opal and Dushing. has opal, all the, everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was genius on the part of my mother, because yeah. I never did touch her jewelry, because I thought it would bring me bad luck. But, Mom, I'm on to you. I'm just <laughs> saying. <laughs> Uh, no,
2: I... but personally I don't really have anything that's going on. I had like a spooky dream, but it had it was not at all ghostly.
0: Well, that's
2: I was in the house that I grew up in and it was straight like I was I knew that I was home alone and it was like the strangers. Oh. Like there were all these people outside of my house with these masks on like no. not breaking in but just like tormenting.
0: Oh, that sounds awful. It was
2: so scary. Did you
0: wake up in a cold sweat?
2: I don't really remember. Oh, at what point I woke up.
0: I don't like it at all. <laughs> I'm just saying. Not much spooky going on here. I got a new Ouija board from my mother-in-law. Yeah. So excited about that. It is one of the versions I did not have. Still in the box. Box is in pretty good condition. Uh, the weird thing about it, though, is the planchette. You know how it's just got the little round mm-hmm. circle? There's yes. an itty bitty teeny tiny little nail that was pushed through that right in the center i'll have to show it to you before you leave
2: Hmm, someone had plans
0: yeah so i'm not sure i don't get any bad vibes from it so yay um she just found it an antique mall i put both her and my sister-in-law on looking for used ouija board duty (laughs) and she found one so i'm kind of stoked about that um The most spooky thing that's going on in my life, still editing season three (laughs) on the final episode. I just, this is how bad I am. I just got all the footage transferred over from the cameras.
2: That's not bad. Yesterday. You've been busy. Everyone's been busy.
0: Well, I mean, I should do this stuff in a much more timely manner.
2: I mean, we've been busy.
0: We have. So, um, yeah. So that's the last of the season. Holy shit. Waverly had way more evidence than I remembered. Some really intense evidence that I totally forgot. So, God, I can't wait for these people to see it.
2: I can't wait to see it. I know. (laughs) The part that I think I'm most excited about, without spoiling anything, at one point, and keep in mind, DJ Jimmy and my little sister, who lives in Louisville, were with us. And essentially, I was by myself, Christina... I was by myself, Carter and Kitsy were by themselves, and DJ Jimmy and my little sister were by themselves, and I'm really excited to see those sessions. As far as paranormal in the news, if you're listening today, September 19th, when is the raid?
0: It's tomorrow, the 20th.
2: The 20th.
0: Which is the day this should air.
2: And DJ Jimmy said that people have already been arrested.
0: Yes, they have hilarious amazing
2: what's well, what they get for going early expected
0: <laughs> for well i guess it's unexpected that they went early yes and also their own fault Duh. the
2: whole point is they can't stop us if there are this many people <laughs>
0: and there are two arrested right if
2: you show up early they're gonna say watch us stop you
0: <laughs> they look like frat boys yeah. you know so they were trying to be super cool didn't happen a friend of ours went out did you see yes, Juliet's Juliet was instagram there. She had fun with it, you know. Wore all the alien garb and just like took selfies, like outside the
2: main gates.
0: And that's what I figured would go down. Exactly. Um, Did you see this? Actually, Chris texted me to this. Texted this to me this morning. UFO videos posted by Blink One Eighty Two are real and never should have been released, Navy confirms.
2: Yes. I So I didn't what? look into it, but I did see where the Navy was like confirmed that they were real and weren't supposed to be released.
0: Exactly. Um. Apparently, oh God, what's the guy's name? You'd think I would have highlighted this. I, I don't know. One of the blunk blunk blank 182 guys. He's totally into UFOs. I mean, that is his jam. And he got a hold of... Like the Tic Tac looking stuff. Like you had gone over and released it to the public and the government's like, oops, that shouldn't have happened. Yeah. So I freaking love it.
2: I'm sure. So if you are new and don't know. Actually, on Instagram, we have these little highlights and stories. So because we're a podcast and we can't show you things, we use Instagram as that tool. So head on over to Instagram and check out our highlights for this episode, episode number 43. 43. So, And I'm sure we'll have that clip in there along with some other
0: things. I'll send you the link. Um, I did have some more paranormal in the news. It all just popped up. Like right before you got here because and, and made right. me look extremely prepared, which I was not. So in our super kind of sort of secret Facebook group, there was this posted today. New Hampshire Distillery Makes Whiskey Flavored with Dead People. Okay. My first thought was, ew, no. I immediately thought of like... You know on those like CSI and stuff where they show a decomposing body and it looks like people soup? Yes. That's exactly what I thought they were putting in the bourbon. But Tamworth Distilling, a New Hampshire-based distillery, is launching a new blend of whiskey called Grave Robber. What is particularly spooky about this new spirit is that the company is touting the fact that it is flavored with dead people. It's widely considered taboo across New England to tap a graveyard maple tree, as it is believed to disturb the dead and conjure up spirits. But that's not stopping Tamworth dis- distilling from doing just that. So they're claiming it's a haunted whiskey as opposed to Uh-oh. a people's soup whiskey, <laughs> like I had originally envisioned. I just threw up my mouth a little bit. Would you dare try this 90 proof rye whiskey? I'm not so sure. I love a great rye, but I might be a little worried that I'd also be drinking some unsettled spirits. Maybe we should do shots before each investigation.
2: Um, Speaking of alcoholic paranormal things, Mm -hmm. we have a live podcast at a brewery.
0: We do. Do at you have those dates handy? Scarlet
2: Lane Brewery. We will be doing a live podcast on October something. October sixth, I
0: believe. Yes.
2: Yes, that's right, because we also have a live podcast at the Greenwood Library at six thirty PM on October fourth. And it's like an after hours. They're gonna turn down the lights. And Christina and I are going to find all the spooky stories, hopefully.
0: And say all the salty curses.
2: Yes. (laughs) But then, two days later, at Scarlet Lane Brewery, we will be doing another live podcast there. And I am super excited about that.
0: I am super excited about that. Scarlet Lane Brewery is known as the beer of horror. Right. It could not be more fitting. So I think it's going to be a good time. And I I guess it is an all-ages show. So, you don't have to be 21 and older, is what Josh told me. Oh. Josh is the super awesome dude who hooked me up uh with this opportunity. We also have a couple more dates that we've added. And you guys can actually see all of these if you go to oddityfiles.com and click on the events link at the top. But we also have two GalaxyCon events yes, that have been announced coming up on November 8th, uh, we're in Minneapolis with GalaxyCon. And on November twenty seventh, we are in Louisville with GalaxyCon. In Minneapolis, we're Friday, November eighth at eight it says AM on the Facebook event. Please remind me to change that. It's eight PM. <laughs> and then on November twenty second in Louisville, it's at eight thirty PM. So and we'll we'll keep Counting those and plugging those and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Also, the um Oddity Files podcast on October 4th is at the JCPL library. So there's a difference uh. between the Greenwood Library. Apparently, there's a rivalry. Ooh. Possibly, I don't know, but I was asked to change it. So I did. Great. So it's the Johnson County Public Library. Um, not the actual Greenwood Library. And on our Facebook page, our, I, I mean our website on the events page, I do have a map that shows how to get there Perfect, as well. So I apologize to the JCPL. She's like, I'm not complaining. I just want people to show up. <laughs> I'm like, well, I really appreciate yeah, it, but I'm still super sorry. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but anyways, I have – no idea who goes first on our stories because no we absolutely messed it up because uh, we didn't have DJ Jimmy with us and then we got all turned around and backwards and delayed. And so who tech. Who, great.
0: Okay. I'm nervous about this one. Oh gosh. Really nervous. So my story is the Bob, is about Bob Lazar and his area 51 revelation. Okay. Because the day this airs will be
2: Yeah, The the day of
0: the rating, And I'll say that again because it's written in my story. Um, And here I go. With the stormy of Area 51 set on the no longer existent Facebook event for the day this episode airs, I couldn't resist doing this story today. Y'all know my jam is pretty much hauntings and creepy monsters. And I'll tell you why it's not aliens. Because they scare the shit out of me the movie that scarred me the most as a child was Close Encounters of the Third Kind. The scene where they steal that adorable little boy out of the doggy door still freaks me out <laughs> and it was in my eyes Richard Dreyfuss' best role to date. I get goosebumps just thinking about him and those mashed potatoes and you can fight me on that all you Jaws enthusiasts out there. But it was some scary stuff. It Just the Base of the music that they played to summon the alien aircraft still sends shivers down my spine. Anywho, my oldest son and I were talking about our latest watches on Netflix and he loved the Bob Lazar documentary, Whoa! which all my kids are into documentaries and I'm all like, well, I'll watch one for the podcast, but sure. they are not my jam." And after telling me a little bit about it, I jotted down the name and told him I'd watch it for an episode of the podcast. And here we are. Now there's a lot of science stuff in this documentary, which I kind of, sort of understand. And I wish they had spelled out a little more for us non-physicist types. But I'm going to try and explain the amazing things this guy talks about in the way that I understood it. Okay. So no judging. If I fuck something up, it's just the Moving way- Moving on. <laughs> I saw it. Um, so- Hopefully, you guys will enjoy this as well. The documentary is called Bob Lazar, Area 51, and the Flying Saucers. It's on Netflix. And the documentary was directed by Jeremy Corbell and produced by George Knapp. The fine fellas who brought us Hunt for the Skinwalker, which I cover, cover in episode 22, Our episode 22 entitled, Oh, My God. And Bob's story goes a little something like this. I'm so nervous I'm going to fuck this up because I know this is your jam. In 1989, Bob Lazar went public with his encounters of working at what he claimed exists near United States Air Force facility Area 51 with investigative reporter George Knapp, also producer of both documentaries I listed earlier on Las Vegas TV station, K-L-A-S, under the pseudonym Dennis and with his face hidden. He claimed the site he worked at, called S-4, consisted of concealed aircraft hangars built into a mountainside painted with textured paint so that no aircraft or satellite could find it. Lazar said that his job was to help with reverse engineering of one of nine flying saucers. In addition, Lazar claims that during his involvement with the program, he read briefing documents describing the historical involvement with Earth for the past 10,000 years by extraterrestrial beings. That was not in the documentary. Whoa. That was on Wikipedia. Gray aliens from a planet orbiting the twin binary star system, Zeta Reticuli. Sure. That's the one that, um Barney and Betty Hill talk about. Yeah. Um, another in, in another US famous UFO case. He often refers to the aliens as kids. I guess everybody at the base did because they were child size. All the aliens were child size. Even the um the chairs that were in these aircrafts, which he he was only in like the the engine part, the stuff that it would make it flight. That's what he was hired to deal with was trying to okay. reverse engineer that. But he saw mock-ups of what would be like the the dot what do you call that where the captain sits? Like the cockpit? Yeah. What would be the cockpit? And the chairs were like child size. Like Whoa. almost like this one I'm sitting in now where it's a little too low for me. Mm-hmm. So they called them the kids. So in the past, Area 51 was kind of, sort of known for being involved in all things alien. But when this story broke in 1989, it became all about the aliens as it is today. Lazar was allegedly hired to work on and reverse engineer one of the several alien spacecraft that the US military had acquired over the years. He was mainly in charge of breaking down and recreating their energy source and how they actually fly. And here's where the story is almost too detailed. It leaves many believing his story. He claimed that these ships were able to move in all directions and silently as, I mean, we all just assume at this point in our lives due to the way the craft would bend and make gravity pull them where they need to go. I've actually got my finger on this so I don't fuck this part up. So he did a drawing where it showed whatever source grabbing a hold onto gravity, and that in pulls the craft to where it needs to go. It, you guys really need to watch this.
2: Yeah, no, I want to.
0: Like I said, this is one million percent layman's terms. Uh-huh. Like I said, and I. I This is how I personally understood it. I mean, yeah, there's a super smart scientist. If he was making stuff up, he could probably come up with an explanation so far-fetched like this, but would he? Right. This is where I'm at with this whole thing. He actually takes a moment to draw up the inner workings of the area he worked on, which I'm just gonna call like the motor area. Sure. And pretty much makes no claims that he to this day even understands how it works. So it's not like he's just filling in the blanks of stuff. Right. That he doesn't know if this is real. He's just like, here's what I saw. Here's what I know. And that's all I've got, which lends to credibility for me. Um, he never claims he actually saw aliens. Um, I said at one point, he, he said at one point he was looking to a room that he probably shouldn't have been looking to anyway for like, two milliseconds, and he saw something that looked like an alien. But he thinks it might have been a doll of some sort, kind of a mock-up alien sure. to show what size they were to fit into these chairs. So why did he come out and leak these crazy secrets? There isn't a whole lot of detail on this either. Okay. Um, when Lazar did his first interview where his face was hidden and he went by just, quote-unquote, Dennis, he claims that he and his, li- his wife's lives had been threatened by the government. Again, they didn't get into a lot of detail, but here's what I got from it. He was maybe talking with his friends about it. Mm -hmm. The government got word. They threatened his life. So he's like, well, if I get on the news and say something about this, they can't kill us. Right. It's brilliant. Blah, 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 blah. Even before he came out to speak, that has nothing to do with what I just said. But why? Why before his story had gone public was his life being threatened. Like I said, my theory is that he was just maybe saying stuff in passing. He eventually revealed his identity, took multiple lie detector tests, and passed each and every one with flying colors. He, He even paid for, with his own money, hypnosis. But it wasn't to prove that he was telling the truth or anything like that. It was so that he can try to remember any minute detail that he may have forgotten and tried to prove what he was saying. So, I mean, if you're dealing with this in your like everyday life, you forget little minute details here and there. So he thought if he would go under hypnosis, that it would kind of fill in maybe some of his blanks. Because I don't think it was all making sense to him either. So here's something really crazy. While all this was going on in the late '80s and early '90s, people started to dig into his background. Okay. As they would, he earned a master's degree in physics from MIT and a master's degree from Caltech in electrical electronic technology. Okay, guy's a big fucking deal. Yeah, um, but once this came out, nobody could prove it. It was like all of his records that would show he was a credible source had been wiped from existence. Hmm. The documentary talked to some of his friends from his college years, and they remember him going to these schools, even remember him picking him up from library libraries in various locations on campus. But that's all they've got. Wow. So either this guy is in it for the long con or, and even really scarier, his rec- records were just erased. That's terrifying.
2: Which I... I don't put it past that.
0: No. no, And that's my go-to as well. And to be totally honest, I sadly find that information lending to his credibility. The fact that there are no records of his going to school. Maybe I am a conspiracy conspiracy theorist and didn't even know it. Words are so hard. Okay, so there's a lot. I mean a lot of information in this documentary. A lot of information that really doesn't tell you a whole lot. Like, at the end, I was just like, um...
2: What did uh, I learn? Yeah,
0: (laughs) exactly. So that's curious, of course. And watching this documentary, you almost kind of, sort of, allegedly, maybe, who really knows, get the vibe that Lazar had taken some of Element 115. What is Element 115, you ask? It's the fuel that they had their hands on that made these spacecrafts do their crazy sort of stuff. But that, if he were to have taken that, it would explain why he was raided not once, but twice by the FBI and other government branches that have lots of random letters in them in 2006 and 2017. What? Yes. And most recently when they were filming the documentary. That seems sketchy. Very sketchy. So Bob is still a scientist and owns United. Oh. Yeah, he owns United Nuclear Scientific Equipment and Supplies. Jesus, he's in Michigan. He's got. They were in his little laboratories. It was quaint. He also makes fireworks, which I forgot to add. Oh, to this. yes. Um, and the FBI raided his place, stating that Bob was selling science stuff—technical term—across state lines when he shouldn't have, violating the Federal Hazardous Substance Act. Which, I mean, sure, if he's doing something illegal, charge the guy. But from what Bob and his staff say, because the documentary crew was there the very next day after it went down. Right. There was everything from local police to SWAT teams to FBI and DEA and all the other letters, too. Which seems really overdramatic if he was just selling non-radioactive elements, powerful magnets, and other scientific equipment.
2: Right. I feel like you can buy that on Amazon.
0: I would think so, too. So now the the documentary plays it off like Lazar recorded this big secret that the director would encrypt and keep somewhere just in case something were to happen to Bob. And they play it off like the very next day is when the raid happens. Right. But before they film this, they're like, well, should we turn our phones off in case somebody's listening? So, I mean, all over the Internet, where they're like, did it really happen? Did it not really happen? Because you don't see any video of the actual raid. right. But, I mean, even his staff was like, no, it was fucking crazy. What? Yeah. I don't know. So, holy fucking espionage, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, you can see what I'm talking about. A whole lot of information that really doesn't tell you a whole lot. I will say, Bob is kind of doing this with the attitude, believe me if you want, and you certainly don't have to. Sure. But this is my life. This is what happened to me. And he goes on to say he has nothing to gain from lying, but a lot to lose from opening opening his mouth on the secret workings of Area 51.
2: Ooh. And he
0: regrets it. Wow. Which is huge.
2: That is crazy.
0: For him to say, ah, I wish I hadn't done this. Eich. Again, to me, lends to his credibility. Um, and if he, go, if he could go back, he would. He would just take it all back. But I will wow. say this. Um, I liked Bob. I liked his wife, um, and I really want to believe them.
2: We should try to get a hold of them somehow for I an interview. Can't.
0: But here, let me let me go on here. They they seem like normal people who've just had a, a crazy little time in their lives, this crazy little life experience that haunts them still. He doesn't seek the limelight um, and actually seems a, a bit comfortable, uncomfortable being in it. Wow. So he's done this. He did all the interviews back in the yeah. late 80s. And he's been on Joe Rogan's podcast, which I need to listen to. Um, but he just does not seem like he's in it for the yeah, celebrity. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to have Joe Rogan on the show. <laughs> I think that would be cool. Um, so, And again, that to me led lends to his credibility. Yeah. The fact that everything that went down happened at the beginning because he was scared. Mm-hmm. And then everything else is just like, I, I don't care if you believe me or not. This is what right. I saw. Take it or leave it. So I don't know. It's super interesting. I that cannot wait for you to see this. It's it's not a super long documentary, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's so interesting. And he pretty much put Area 51 on the map for what it's known for today. That is awesome. Yeah.
2: So go raid.
0: Yeah. And behave yourself, children. Do not get arrested. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, that was really good. Like, did, really, really good, and now d- I'm super intrigued.
0: Okay, yeah. That's yes. all I was going for. Oh,
2: very intrigued. Me too. Maybe we'll watch it tonight. Speaking of, did you watch American Horse Story last night? I did not.
0: I, I did. No. Okay. I didn't even know it was time.
2: Um. So you probably didn't record it. I was going to say that could be our excuse to use downstairs.
0: Oh, well, I bet I can get it on demand.
2: Perfect. Carrying on. <laughs> so... Recently, we had the man himself from from Wes Craven's 1984 masterpiece at Nightmare on Elm Street on our show a couple times, actually. Yes. So I think the time is right to take a look back at the humble beginnings of his franchise.
0: Ooh. I am intrigued.
2: Yes. After making his name in the horror genre with Last House on the Left and The Hills Have Eyes in the early 80s, Wes Craven found the inspiration for his most enduring classic with a true story straight out of newspapers. Ooh. Although it's pretty common and convincing practice, employees employed by a lot of filmmakers to pick like pick apart pieces of true stories and then say based on true events, right? Kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a lot of a lot of movies. Yeah, they use tiny little aspects, which then allows them to say it's based on true events. But Mr. Craven drew his inspiration from a variety of sources and then current news articles so as told in this documentary called never sleep again so another backstory i spent a lot of time actually portraying freddy krueger if people didn't know this that's back how when, i met you yes i met their whole family we were at a haunted attraction working and i was freddy krueger so i actually know a lot more about this character than i should anyways <laughs> but like i said craven was inspired by true events this is not to say that the original script Is based on a real life boogeyman that stalks you in your sleep. That all came into play later. But rather the story evolved from a series of articles that Craven read in the LA Times concerning young men that were dying in the middle of nightmares. One particular case concerned a young man who suffered from severe nightmares and became convinced that he was going to die if he went to sleep. And again, this is all true. Yeah. The victim's father was a doctor and gave his son prescription sleeping pills. Which he refused to take.
0: I think I saw that in a scene of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah.
2: So, and he just kept hiding them under his sheets. So after three nights of staying awake, the young man finally fell asleep to be found by his parents in the middle of the night screaming and thrashing in bed. Before they could get to him, he was dead.
0: Oh, my God.
2: And he was otherwise completely healthy. Just
0: I've seen something on this, but I don't know the ending. So please continue. This is amazing.
2: in the aftermath, his parents found all these sleeping pills along with a Mr. Coffee machine hidden in his closet with a hidden extension cord.
0: With all the no-dos.
2: Which I really shouldn't (laughs) laugh at. But it's like, can you imagine being so scared to go to sleep? No. So that strange story was the beginning of the series of films that have haunted a ton of people's actual dreams now for decades. And other pieces of the puzzle came together for Craven as he shaped his own reasons for the strange series of, quote, unexplained deaths. So
0: so they were never, ever. No. Wow.
2: But so I'll get to kind of what it is. OK. So 30 years later, we all know the story of Freddy Krueger and the Springwood Slasher, as he's known. He is ingrained in horror culture, now as deep. And you could compare him to like Frankenstein or any of those, just a classic slasher with Jason and all of them,
0: with all the wit and all the sarcasm, and yes. that's why he's my favorite.
2: But so, what really happened to the young man who was terrified to fall asleep? Yeah. So it turns out that it was actually a rare disease known as Bangugo, B-A-N-G-U-N-G-O-T, also charmingly known as. The Sudden Unexpected Nocturnal Death Syndrome. (gasps) That's so scary. Terrifying. In the early 1980s, it became something of an epidemic in Southeast Asian and Filipino population. With young men inexplicably becoming haunted by severe nightmares. Convinced that their dreams were being invaded by demons, the frightened men became addicted to black coffee and other stimulants in a desperate effort to stay awake. Following this rash of death of just deaths all the deaths right and fear within southeast asian neighborhoods just grew all these stories and whispers of bangugo bangugo i think that's how you say it it sounds perfect sure but all these conspiracies and stories began to circulate rightfully so yeah So nearly every country and culture in the world recognizes this affliction in one version or the other. The people of Turkey call it the dark presser. In Africa, it's known as the devil riding on your back. And the Hmong, H-M-O-N-G, O-N-G, it's known as the crushing demon. But Turkish, African, and American men very rarely die from this actual disorder. Okay. However, Asian people seem to be strangely susceptible to a fatal version of this. So recent studies theorize that the occurrence stems from a severe swelling of the pancreas, a gland that produces digestive enzymes, particularly insulin, So, to metabolize the carbohydrates that we take in. Mm-hmm. The victim suffering from this condition... The swelling becomes so severe that the pancreas literally digests itself. What? Complications from the swelling are thought to cause nightmares as shock begins to deprive the major organ from blood and oxygen, bringing hallucinations and and eventually death as the body just poisons itself. Wow. So that's just what they tell us. So science explaining demons, shocker. Yeah. But there's really no rhyme or reason to the – Thankfully, very, very rare disease. Um, Nor is there any explanation as to why the Asian culture Filipinos are more likely to die from it. However, doctors recommend patients suffering from the disease to cut out carbs and alcohol, as they say that it can expedite everything.
0: Aren't you part Filipino? Well, be careful, please. If you start having nightmares, let us know.
2: But it's so crazy because I was like, I wonder if any... Because we were getting close to Halloween and all that, it's like I wonder if any of the classic slashers, yeah, are based on true events. And so I found this, and I was like, "How fitting!"
0: That was awesome. But
2: it's also cr- just crazy because it's literally the movie. Like, literally, y- you can use Freddy as like a a metaphor, or you know, let's say that He's is the just
0: demon. He unquote, is the unquote. demon, but yeah. these
2: people are just afraid to go to sleep because they know if they go to sleep they're going to die
0: oh my gosh that's nuts
2: so scary and to know that it's an actual thing yeah That. Uh uh-uh i Uh -uh. know
0: now i'm worried about dj jimmy
2: (laughs) not allowed to sleep
0: please take care of your pancreas please
2: (laughs) go get it checked out
0: (laughs) (laughs) i um i took a phone call the other day from a a friend of the show, if you will. Yes. Dana De Yes. We've worked with her on several occasions. several occasions. She is an awkward prom addict and a I consider her a dear friend. I've actually been ghost hunting with her impromptu ghost hunt in Austin, Texas. One day, we were at a hotel, found out it was haunted. We just took over the place <laughs> with wine and told each other ghost stories. So I gave her a call. Dana, if you guys aren't familiar with this fabulous woman, I knew her because of the Ash versus Evil Dead series, and she killed it in that. Literally. Spoiler, there's a little experience that happened on set during that. But right now she's in Perpetual Grace, which is on Epic's channel, which I haven't checked out yet, and I can't. So... Um, here you go. Here's Dana Delarines. I think it's three
3: or four stories. Enjoy. Hi, Kissy. Hi, girl. How are you?
1: Hi. I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited you're here. So you, you've been on my bucket list to have on the show for a minute. So I'm so glad you're here. Oh my Um,
3: goodness. Well, you know what? After our awesome prom, awkward prom photo, Together, we should have like made this
1: happen sooner. Now we're going to need an updated one, for sure. Absolutely, I cannot wait. It'll happen soon. Um, I yeah, have read know. recently, probably within the last year or so, that that you had an experience on set on Ash versus the Evil Dead. But I think you have more stories than just that one, don't you? I do. For some reason, I have a lot
3: of ghost stories. Like I and I you know, you kind of forget, like, I'm not, they're not, you know, actively in my mind. And then when you, um, when I when I was going to talk to you, I was thinking, I'm like, okay, yeah, the first one that comes to mind is, is that evil Dead one just because it was so insane. Um, and then I'm like, wait a minute, I have several, what is wrong? Why am I <laughs> like a portal of energy for this kind of thing? Um, but in the best way, because I grew up loving, loving ghost stories. And that's, maybe that's why, because from a very young age, I was very into it, so maybe I've always really been open to it.
1: I'm not. I'm thinking. gonna say it's your amazing yes, energy.
3: No, okay. Well, you say amazing. Other people say frenetic <laughs> and too intense. We'll go. With, we'll go with amazing. We'll go with amazing.
1: Um, uh, but yeah, I think,
3: uh, I, got, I think my intensity op- operates on that frequency of, of whatever the, the energy of spirits and ghosts are. So you know, it's you know, it's a, it's a gift. It's a gift for me to witness. Plus, they're probably trying. All these ghosts are probably trying me, to, trying to tell me. I could swear, right? We use swear on the show.
1: Oh yes, drop um, bomb, girl. <laughs> I mean,
3: yeah, I mean, you knew you were having Kelly Maxwell on. You knew it was gonna happen. But like, I swear, half the time, and one of the ghost stories from the Evil Dead set, um, I swear, it's just it's it's the the, the the energy and the spirit telling me to shut the fuck up. I think that I just my my I punish their their air and their realm with my words. I think they just want me to shut up. <laughs> Probably. I love it. I've had a ghost tell me. Kind, of like, the, kind of like
1: people in the flesh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, God. So, so tell me your most intense experience that you've ever had. Oh, man. See, and that's tricky because, like,
3: the first one was intense because it was the very first one when I was um, in middle school. This one's very, very short, I could tell you this one. But like I don't know because they're all pretty intense. I can't say that any of them were like, Yeah, no big deal. You know what I mean? Um, but the, the first time, um, was when we I was in middle school and I my, my best friends at the time were my fellow starting basketball um squad. Uh and we would have, you know, sleepovers and all, and that's where I watched all of the the, the classics. With, of horror films. But, you know, The Shining... I don't know why we were watching them at, like, 12 or why we were allowed, but we were. So... But the first one I had seen, the first horror movie I saw, I saw was with my parents. Um, and I was at the exact age... Uh, I was, it was The Exorcist. And I was the exact age of Linda Blair. I was 12 at the time. And, you know, I grew up dying Catholic. Of course, they're going to show me that one first. And I don't know why. Um, because, like, my dad was... He's so against everything. Like, not against, but he just... He does not like horoscopes even, let alone, you know, Ouija boards. But so I guess my mom, they ha she has a lot of uh experience with the Ouija board, um and crazy stories from her side of the family. So they all I wanted was a Ouija board. Why after seeing the exorcist? No idea. That seems like a terrible idea. So we had the <laughs> Ouija board, right? And I got it for my birthday. And so I had the sleepovers at my house. Which was very rare and then didn't really happen much after this experience. And so we're sitting there and Time we're doing it, and or whatever. I don't even remember if we had done it already a couple times. Point is, we were, um, we were contacted by a ghost who went by the name Monday, and it got to a point where we were all sort of skeptical of each other. There the, was like four of us, like, well, no, yeah, someone's pushing it. No, you're pushing it, you know, as you do. So we said, um, okay, well, Monday, if you're real, if you're really uh, a ghost, get would show us, prove it to us that it's not one of us pushing it. And so we were like, so it didn't do anything. So we were um, asking what, what, like a certain time or something, and someone would say, okay, tell one of us the time, um, and and if you think that's correct, we'll know it's you because there's no clocks in this in the room. Okay. So I forget how we like did something like, okay, uh, I feel he just told me it was four thirteen in the morning, whatever, and we're like, is that correct? And it would then we go to yes. We walked, I'd have to walk into my kitchen on the microwave because the microwave and the <laughs> oven were shut at the same time. And it was exactly that time. So we're like, ah! okay, so we do it again. Yeah. And we wait a while until like a point where we're all like, okay, it's been enough time. It's not been five minutes. Let's see. And this thing, like to a T, it was the exact time that he could was like, it was. it. It was insane. But the craziest thing was while this was happening, at one point, I was the one who saw it. Christy sitting next to me always wore her hair in a ponytail. And had a really thick, thick hair. Uh-huh. At the, out of the peripheral of my eye, I see her, because we were like, give us another sign, give us another sign, mm-hmm. lays to the feathers, keep us aboard, all that stupid stuff. It's <laughs> never and enough. I, I think, No, I never enough. I know. Um, we thought we were the craft. Um, so <laughs> I, out of my peripheral, <laughs> out of my peripheral, I see her ponytail, like part of, like, slip up. And nope. at that exact moment, she jumped back. She's like, oh, what? And the two other girls screamed because we both screamed. It, she felt it. She's like, oh, my God, I have chills in the back of my neck. And I'm like, Christy, I saw it. I saw your ponytail flip up. Like, someone came and, like, knocked it. Um, so that was, that was very intense. And that was our first one. Um, the next one I would say that was intense. time. Um, God, this, there, was, there was several. Um, and, uh, on season two of Ashley's Beagle Dead, so we shot the whole show in New Zealand, because um, when you think Detroit, you think New Zealand. Um, everybody on the show wins, because we were in New Zealand. Uh, got, uh, I mean, no no offense. No offense to Detroit. No offense to Detroit. Uh, but New Zealand is pretty great. So, you know, you, New Zealand is exactly as you would picture it. Everywhere you look at the postcard, everything is beautiful. Well, except for this one place. that was about two hours outside of Auckland, um, and it was a, an abandoned um, old uh, insane asylum, and it was actually used to be an insane asylum that had, had been shut down. Like I think they said seventies, uh, or eighties, something like that. Um, and
1: I'm so jealous. Was a bunch of ghost hunters that had already been there. You what? I, I was. I'm so jealous. Hello? It sounds amazing. Oh, oh yeah. No, it was. They
3: had had several. Like the crew was telling us all these stories. that they had had several ghost hunters there, and actually, you know, it's just massive. It's on the ground, it is huge, like several buildings worked, Um, and there was one part of it that was police taped off, or like sectioned off, they did, they were, no one was allowed to go, they had a public security guy there saying like, you can't go down here, and apparently it was, uh, they like said something like, oh, it's really unsafe, there's broken glass, whatever, but the locals were saying, like the local crew guys were like, nah, that's because that's like truly some bad shit has happened there. And so uh, th- we didn't know it was really that. I didn't think I heard that it was haunted until I was there. Um, then all these stories start coming out. And so, like, this is not going into it. Like, I wasn't going into it like, ooh, I'm going to see something. I was there to, you know, work. And I had a- that was a very intense couple episodes for me. Um, it was episode seven and eight with, like, the-, the the asylum episode and then the ending again with, like, the public fight. So I had a lot going on. And so I'm not paying attention to that stuff. Well, then three things happened. Um, first of all, we there was no reception out there at all, like no Wi-Fi, nothing. It's bad it's, it's bad anyway in New Zealand. Um, but, but like it was really nothing. And so your phone would never your phone never like ran out of battery because it was basically on airplane mode because it's not fetching, you know, data or whatever. Right. All of us my phone is in my trailer. Now none of us have reception. One of the days after I had done uh, one of the crazy bits in the rec room, where we're all where Bruce and I were destroying the rec room, um, uh, Cuckoo's nest aisle, I go to grab my phone. I'm like, well, I'm gonna just see if I can get any reception see if anything, whatever. My phone has—I've n- never seen anything like this in my hand after I'd been in there, like shooting all day. It turned on, and I-, I have an iPhone, so it turned on to the, and then off to the Apple thing, and then was off, and then on off, and then it was going on off on off on off like. The home screen, and then gone. And the home screen, and then the Apple, like in, and in like rapid fire. And so I'm like, okay, well, I have weird things happen with technology. Maybe that's why. Um, then it, I shut it down, tried to turn it back on. Wouldn't turn on. Did not turn back on until we were all the way out of there. Two hours oh back. Oh, my God. Finally, it turned, it like, randomly turned back on. That was a weird thing, number one, but whatever. Fine, technology. Um, the next thing um, was I was actually pushed. By a ghost, well, um, and Bruce Campbell I... saw it. Uh, and I was wa- so I was walking down the hallway, and Bruce was the only one there in the hallway, sitting in his chair. And I walked by and like said something, and then I'm like maybe five ten feet from past him, and he comes up and shoves me, and so I fell, but I fell like a baseball slide because you know when someone pushes you, you're gonna get some air. You know what I mean? Yes. So yeah. as it happens, he, he turns, he goes, have a nice, have a nice trip. And I turn around and I'm like, Bruce, what the fuck? And as I'm saying it, my stomach drops because he is still sitting in the chair that 10 feet away. Yeah. There was no way he actually pushed me and somebody, I mean, come on. I wasn't the first thing I, I just walked past me. I felt someone push me and I said, did you see, like, he didn't, he, like, didn't believe. I'm like, did you see that my back caved in? Like, something just pushed me. And, of course, he was, like, you know, just making fun of me. He thought I just tripped. But <laughs> I'm telling you, I know that, it, you know when someone pushes you. You feel it. Yeah. It's not a trip. You I trip it. all the time. I am not. And I tripped in front of him and the crew. A bej- like, every day I was a catastrophe. They'd have a safety meeting for me. So it's not like I was embarrassed and didn't want to protect. <laughs> like, people knew me to trip. But this was different, and I and I stand by it. And that was crazy. The craziest one was caught on camera. This is the third thing that happened. There were a million, like not a million. There were a bunch of other stories that had happened to separate crew, but this is the one we all collectively witnessed as well. Tabi Sanuga was playing um, Lacey, um, and she was dead in dead-eyed mode. And so we're we're filming there. We're, we're like fighting her in the scene. And she is screaming, cackling, you know, traditional evil dead, is maniacal giggle, right? And um, as as this is happening, the um, we hear a big crash in a totally different wing of the building. Um, and so uh, we we cut and we're done. And they go and check on it because someone thought, you know, whatever. You have to go check, make sure it's not a light place gonna burn down. Totally separate hallway, totally separate wing. There are all these, um, like, 8 by 10 photos that the crew had put up um, for one of the scenes at the top of the... Like, basically where the ceiling meets the wall. And there was at least, you know, 10 10 10 feet high, right? And they were real photos in New Zealand, like, old-time, you know, black-and-white photos. Um, But they had... You know, our crew is incredible. They build, like, actual, like, oak tables and shit. They're not... They're not putting stuff up with silly putty. I mean, everything was screwed into the wall. The, one, the crash that we heard out of 20 photos, there's probably more, 20 all screwed into the wall in a row. The one that fell was an old black and white photo of nuns. I shit you not. So that was bizarre. And as we did playback because they needed to check something to see how much we got before the crash, you know, ruined the shot and the noise, whatever. There's two cameras, uh, usually shooting. So there's a cam and B cam. So they're both shooting, uh, focusing on Pepe from different angles. A cam, which is the main cam, got it all on B cam. And I have a picture to prove it. We all took pictures of the monitor. At that exact moment that that happened, the, the picture of the nuns fell down in a totally separate wing. Um, there is a white orb on camera, like a flash oh, of it, wow. and we pa- they paused it during playback. We all took pictures of the monitor. We were freaking out. I mean that that you can't deny that we approve of it. It was insane.
1: No, that is amazing. Yeah, um, and
3: then I have one more that happened recently.
1: Okay, can make this Like I
3: mean, this is it, Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you're okay, girl. We got the ghosts are gonna come back out and tell you to shut the fuck up. Um so but I get really i I'm like sweating talking about it because it's it's exciting, like I love it, but it also terrifies me <laughs> to burn some sage after this. Um, so I just uh shot a um uh show uh called, for ethics called Perpetual Grace Limited. And we were filming for about five, six months um in Santa Fe. And I've never been to Santa Fe, didn't know anything about it. Um, and my very first weekend there, they put me up in the hotel where they put everyone, you know, all the other you know people that are coming in and out from the show. So, and it was a beautiful hotel, beautiful. And as I get up to the room, big night, it's a lovely room, but I'm like, I'm unpacking and I can't help but feel like it reminds me of a hospital room, just the way it was laid out. The way it just the TV was on the wall. It just, I couldn't get out of my head. And then, well, and I just thought to you, I'm like, you know what? My mom had just passed and I just spent a lot of ho- time in hospital. So I'm like, you know, like six months prior. So I'm like, maybe I'm just projecting, uh, whatever. So I'm not going to think about it. Fine. So, but I kept having this really uneasy feeling that I thought was just nerves about the show, my first day of shooting, whatever. So I have to be up as you do uh, at like four in the morning. So I, I'm getting it. I'm putting all myself away. i trying to sleep. I'm exhausted after a long day of traveling, whatever. So I shouldn't have a problem falling asleep. I never ever, I could drink coffee and fall asleep. It's not a problem for me. Couldn't sleep. And then someone comes and knocks on my door. And I look at the clock and it's like after midnight. And I'm like, Listen. so I get up and I go answer the door and no one's there. And I'm like, oh, no. okay, well, these kids are probably, Yeah. And I thought maybe it was, but there was a door like cat corner. So maybe it was another door and they just echoed fine. So, but my do not disturb was on. I have to get sleep. I'm only going to get four hours. Okay. Go back. I'm slowly starting to drift off. Bang, bang, bang. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this, this is now going to be a prank. I didn't get up. I didn't get up. I'm like, I can't. Bang, bang, bang. I get up. No one's there. So I call down security at the front desk and I'm like, someone keeps knocking on my door and running away. It's now one in the morning. I have to be up at four. Like, can we just, can you like just come and like, patrol, whatever? He's like, all right, I'll come take a look. No, nothing. Like, he doesn't, no, no one ever reports back. I can't sleep now. It's a, just, it, it, it pissed me off. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go outside. I, I'm just feeling weird. I'm going to go outside, get some fresh air. Um, so I walked down, and that the overnight security guy who's like, motorcycle, you play out his motorcycle. He's like, this hatted guy. He's out having a cigarette like it's his last one on death row. And I'm like, oh, hey. And he said, hey, I'm like, I'm the one who called about the person, you know, knocking and running away. Did you ever find them? And he goes, no, but it's probably, I don't know the girl. It was a woman's name. It's probably so-and-so. And And I said, oh, okay. Well, can you tell her not to do that? He's like, well, you know, this place is haunted, right? Like you've heard the story. I said, no. No one told me. He goes, yeah, this was an old hospital. And I go, oh, shit. You said that because I couldn't help feeling it was possible. And I said, "Someone definitely not. He's like, no, we've had so many reports of that. And we've looked on security cameras. He's like, I'll guarantee I'll go back and look at security. There's no one there. I'm like, well, I definitely heard it. I wasn't asleep. He's like, no, no, I believe you. And he was, meanwhile, like I said, like puffing away like it was his last one. And he goes, well, I just had, he's like, must be something in the, I don't know what moon phase it is, but I just saw the craziest thing I've ever seen here. And I've worked here 18 years. I said, what? He's like, the kitchen um, is where the mortuary, the kitchen for the hotel is oh, where no. the mortuary, or the more used to be for the thing. Yeah, like in the bottom. And the what the other security guard was doing his nightly rounds. And, like, they go and just check, make sure no one, you know, anywhere was not supposed to be. And there was a big vat of chili on the floor, he said, in the kitchen. And I was like, okay. So they, the way that it was like an industrial fridge with like big, heavy locking doors. There's no way that it would have fallen out. So somebody obviously was in there and tried to whatever. Yeah. They go back and watch security cameras, and this guy's telling you this. And like I said, picture like big biker dude. Like he's not. He's he's, and he seems to t- tell me that like he's seen some serious shit there. This <laughs> was the craziest. He said they went down. They have it on security camera. They have it on security camera. I'm like, you have to turn this into some show. Um they, <laughs> The door, right, the door to this industrial fridge, apparently, according to him, opens up and this big vat of chili that's like there to serve all the people is on like a, the shelf and you see it slowly start sliding towards the, like it's pushing towards the front, like pushing the door open as if someone's nope. pushing it from the inside of the fridge. Wait, oh wait. And then I go, and I'm thinking to him like this guy is probably just high. I don't, now I've seen ghosts, <laughs> but I'm thinking in my head like this is this is what they're inside of. Give me a break. Uh, but I'm listening. I'm indulging. And he said, and physics would say he's like. So then it fell over, and I go, holy shit, that's crazy. He said, no, no, no. The crazy part is that if you have something tipping over, think of physics. Think of a cup. It tips from the top and flips. He said, we literally, me and the other security guard just watched on camera, not only the door open on its own, or like it was open to like a crack or something, start sliding out, but we watched it fall down to the ground flat on, on the bottom. Like there was no tipping. It oh felt as if someone was like picking it up and putting it on the ground. And then once it was on the ground, he said for maybe 10 seconds, 15 seconds, it tipped over. And, and he, like, he was showing, I'm, I'm doing the motion with my hands. That is really good for for audio <laughs> listeners. If you guys really, I'm doing the best hand gesture right now. you oh, <laughs> hold it. I wish you could. Hope it really enhances my story. But I'm, the look on this guy's face, and like I said, just his whole mannerism, you could tell he was, and this isn't like somebody on drugs, this is not, like, I, I'm telling you, his disposition, I have a very good intuition. He was legit spooked. Um, and they, he said, we have stories. He's like, I've witnessed a lot over the years here in this particular hotel. Well, let me tell you what, I barely slept that night and not because of that story. I just caught an on easy feeling. Um, I ended up getting booked at a different hotel next time I went back by accident. Cause the other one was oversold. I will tell you what, totally different experience. I slept like a baby every night and I'm like, okay, I'm not staying at the hotel anymore. That's officially <laughs> like bad energy for me. I don't know. And, like, I kept doing all the offerings. I was like, here's some pretzels from the plane." spirit.
1: Hail Mary like, something, ter- something. It was terrible. <laughs> Yeah. It was, well, that explains why truly. he was smoking his uh, cigarette so desperately because yes. he had seen some shit.
3: Right. And, it, yes, and it wasn't, like, tweaker. It was definitely, like, what you would do after some, something just rattled your cage. You know what I mean? Oh, um, my God. Those stories is so And then yeah, and I told him, I go. You have to turn that in. Like I said, the same thing. Like, and apparently, uh, a couple of whatever the the the, the different um, people like you who go in and 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 inspect places and, and read energy <laughs> for for ghosts. They've had several that have been there and uh, over the years. So well, now I want No go. secret, but you have to go. I will tell. I don't want to because look, I don't want to. I don't know if it's good for business or bad for business. So I <laughs> want to say it out loud. But I'll tell. I'll tell you privately, and you can go and your ghost day, and you tell me that something is not going on there. I wish I remembered the ghost name. He said the, old, the lady who goes around knocking on
1: people's doors. Um, yeah. I well, know I, a few of the people on the casting great. crew on that show had had experiences with that. Dana, that was
0: awesome.
2: Um, just another reason on my list of why not to play with Ouija boards.
0: Well, yeah. Or, you know, hang out in abandoned hospitals or. I mean, that's oh, but just what we do for Oh, but I do all these things. Wait. <laughs> go to hotels. You know, Dana, that was amazing. I've been dying to get you on this show and so happy that it all worked and out. And just
2: what a fun spirit and energy she is in herself. She's one of those Literally. people that when you walk in the room, your energy level rises.
0: Yes. So I, I just need to like attach her to my hip, <laughs> I think, and, and my life would be so much better. But I adore you, Dana. And definitely if you have not seen Ash versus Evil Dead, I think it's on it's one of the streamers. So now. much fun. So much fun. And I cannot wait to check out Perpetual Grace. But that's our show. Check us out on all the socials. All of them. At Oddity Files. Um we want your stories like Dana's. Yes, we Please. do. I've either record them on your phone and email them to us or write them up. We've got – I cannot wait for the next episode because just over the last few days we've gotten some – amazing Ugh. stories um, and you can send them to oddity files crew at gmail also check out season one and season two on amazon prime i will keep plugging away at season three and check out our website like i said earlier for all our events some merch all that good stuff i probably need to update that website as well <laughs> so there you go but oh speaking of weird is the new cool Check out the Instagram. Check out my little nephew in his yes. Weird is the New Cool shirt. He is so flipping adorable. But
3: yeah. Ghost on. Ghost on. Goodbye. See ya.